Morning BHA. It is a podcast about barbershop recorded today. Richard Reeve in Queensland and there's Ashdown in Perth. Two Australians talking about the greatest hobby on earth. Oh boy, it's swell to say good morning BHA. And welcome everyone to this very exciting latest episode of Good Morning BHA. My name is Richard Reeve. I'm going sans co-host uh, Ash Schofield today. He's yep. across the other side of the country. Um, uh, this uh, Good Morning BHA, a podcast about all things barbershop in Australia with, uh, with somewhat of a, um, a dollop of international, which uh, uh, we'll cover later on. Um, this episode is special because I am joined by BHA royalty, the current reigning BHA champion quartet, the collective. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, thanks, thanks Richard. Thank Reeve from Australia. Yeah, that's right. That went well. Um, gentlemen, uh, firstly, congratulations uh, on your win. Well deserved, uh, having been in the room. So, um, yes, nice to and nice to uh, have you here on the podcast. So, thank you very much. Um, thank, you for, thank you for scoring us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you, you earned every point that, I gave extra, you. That yes. extra 10 points are really what <laughs> that's, that's for off the podcast. Um, so, um, now, uh, for diligent listeners, uh, you'll of course remember that we've had, uh, we've had the Dan Beckett on uh, Good Morning BHA before, but for cleanliness, and uh, we talked about we like a clean podcast, we will just go around the table uh, briefly, if you'd be so kind, and just in sort of one minute, just introduce yourself and your part and your, your uh, musical background and how you discovered Barbershop. So, uh, starting from my attractive left, Tenor, Mr. Mr. The Dan Beckett. Thank you. Okay, uh, yes, Dan Beckett, I have been barbershopping for many, many, many years. Um, I have been national champion three times now at Pampac twice. I've been singing with the gentleman to my left for one or two decades. No, one decade. Um, but feels it's like come, so long. It feels like a long time. They come, <laughs> come from a very musical family. Um, I don't know, go back a dozen podcasts and you can hear an hour on You can hear his history. So, yeah, Dan has uh, a musical background outside of Barbershop. Sure, but there, was, sure the line is queuing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, listen to the rest of this one first and then go back. <laughs> uh, excellent. So next, Mr. Barrison. Okay, my name is Andrew Housen. I've been barber shopping for almost 20 years. Um, I've been singing with the gentleman on my right for two decades, oh, no, one decade. <laughs> what was your musical background before barbershop and how did you discover barbershop? Okay, so... It was pretty standard, I, I guess. Just I played instruments at schools. So played violin. I played guitar. Was in orchestras. Was in big bands. Um, sang a lot. Uh, that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I joined barbershop when I was in school, so there wasn't much in between that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, what else? I direct two choruses. Direct Sound Connection, the current reigning champs for BHA and vocal essence. Uh, Sweet Adeline's Chorus. Um, what else? What else How did you say? discover Barbershop? How did I discover it? In school. Well, um, actually, yes. it was... <laughs> Regardless of when. Yes. How? <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Um, it was actually by accident. Um, I was in a school musical at the time. I was playing guitar in the in the band. And the the lead role, oh, for those listeners that care, it was Little Shop of Horrors. For mm-hmm. those that That's don't, it was still Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and the lead role in that in that musical, I befriended and, and we got on, and he was barbershopping, and I didn't even realise. You know, 
um, he was heading off to a rehearsal and I said, where are, you, where are you going? And he said, I'm off to a barbershop chorus rehearsal. And I went, I'm a weird guy, that sounds pretty weird. <laughs> I'm go, Did you know you. <laughs> what the genre of barbershop was? I, I'd known you, of it. You vaguely knew of it, yep. yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah, it's had a, a, yeah, a vague yep, understanding, sure. absolutely. But yeah, I just thought, I'll give it a crack. And, and went, I went there late and they were already learning parts for whatever whatever the song was and and um, they, said, they asked me what part would I sing and of course I've said, oh, bass, right. as mm. all boys would do. Yeah. <coughs> they said, oh, how about lead? <laughs> I went, sure. Whatever. How about no? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll give that a crack and, and, and learnt the part and then we put it all together and we sang that first chord and I fell in love with it. Yeah, and nice. to tell the truth, it probably wasn't actually a chord. Ah, <laughs> it's just sound. But yeah, it was It was sound. So, yeah, yeah it was so you were, something you were, about it. Yeah. You were destined to fall in love with it. Yeah. yeah. And then here, here I am. Here you are. Excellent. We'll come back more to that. Professor Shepard? Um, my name's Kelly Shepard. I am not a professor. Um, yes. Uh, not, not, I'm a teacher, but not a professor. So. Um, I, uh, I sing bass with this quartet, I've sung baritone with another quartet, um, and I've sung lead in another quartet. Um, never sung tenor in a quartet, and I probably never will, so. Um, this is going really well. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, let's see, what do you want to know? How did so I, what was your musical background before Barbershop, and how did you discover Barbershop? Barbershop. So I was singing, I played French horn, I was singing in the choirs in, in primary school, and went to high school, and some friends of mine, um, and I got a wild hair up our butts about, uh, we decided we were going to form a barbershop quartet, not really having any idea what we were doing. We just were kind of, I think, obsessed with the, the strangeness of, of the idea. And we learned a couple of songs and we went down to a local summer festival and we stood on the corner in like boaters and shirts. <laughs> singing what we thought was barbershop and uh and some man came up to us and started listening very intently and we were very very scared and, uh, <laughs> and and when we finished he said wow he said why don't you sing this and he taught us the sleepy time down south tag oh. and we were like wow what is this this is amazing and so we were instantly hooked in what was actually barbershop yeah, and right. he invited us to attend this chorus uh that we started going to and so um, that was my introduction to barbershop, and uh, there was so again, you sort of knew vaguely of the yeah, genre, it was, it and was, sort of had a crack at what you thought it was, and then it, actually got an invitation to a chorus. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and since then, um, who was the man? Uh, his name was his name was Phil Kidd. Oh, Phil Kidd. Oh, yeah, Phil. you wouldn't Phil. you wouldn't know oh, Phil at all. Lucky, lucky Phil. Lucky Phil. Uh, lucky yeah. Phil. Hey. I kid you not. His, uh, he's he's since passed away, but uh, he was he was a good man, um, and. Uh, I kind of left barbershop after high school, went to university, got a music education degree, um, moved to California and uh, started uh, teaching and one of the things that I was teaching um, was, I was teaching choir and one of the um, organizations that I was in uh, had a, a program called the world's largest concert and the whole idea was that everybody would sing the same songs on the same day across the country and it would become the world's largest concert and um, and so one of the songs on that concert was uh, teach uh, was it teach the children to sing the, the Joe Lyles song is that, is that what it's called Not something, sure. something along those lines anyway it was a Joe Lyles arrangement um, that they had published along with other choral music 
and uh, one of the suggestions was invite a local barbershop quartet to come to your school to demonstrate the style and so I thought oh you know I've done barbershop I'll, I'll go find a barbershop quartet to do this so I went to the Santa Monica um, chapter um, in California and I invited a group to come to my school to sing which they did um, but while I was kind of engaged in that in learn, learning about those guys and, and and setting up that relationship one of the guys who was coaching me said oh there's a really good chorus down south of here called the masters of harmony you might you might want to go check them out so i when was this what year this roughly? was 96. okay so they'd been sort of doing well for that they've started winning they'd, in the early 80s they'd already won they'd already won yeah. um so once were, i think oh, only okay once. only once okay yeah <coughs> pretty so, new on the block and so on uh, in I joined them. I decided I wanted to join them because I. The funny thing is, is I was really I, I had a kind of a chip on my shoulder about barbershop because I had gone and gotten a degree in music, so I knew what music was right. now, right. right? And so it was I. I was an educated musician person now, so I really barbershop was such a low life form at yeah. that point in my life, and and I I thought well this guy Greg Line he's such a masterful director. I can learn a lot from him, so I will endure oh, wow. barbershop in order to learn from this <laughs> master. Sacrifices we make, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, and so I joined them, and um, and I joined them in April, and in July I won a gold medal with them uh, in Salt Lake City, and uh, and it was through that that sort of re-education that I discovered that I've actually. Over the many years, I've learned more about music by singing barbershop than I ever did from getting a yeah. music degree. And yeah, a lot right. of it was just my willingness to kind of accept the art form and get over all of the kind of prejudices I had mm -hmm. about it. Um, and a lot of that was just, I think, um, part of the, I think it's the general idea of barbershop to choral music people that and I know that a lot of that's changed yeah, right. drastically over the years now so it's it's much more accepted as an art form um, uh, I think nowadays uh -huh. and um, so anyway that's so I got a gold medal with that chorus uh, stayed with them for a while sang in a quartet called countdown um, sang lead in that quartet went to international a few times um, left that quartet uh, sang in another quartet with a guy named Sean Devine I don't know if you've heard of that guy no. we've done an interview with him yes you have oh okay he gets around he gets around he gets around he's a bit of a well I won't say it but um, guy who gets around uh, he, he gets around so, <laughs> guy. No, he's, he's, a, he's a lovely chap um, but I got to sing uh, bass in a quartet with him called Sam's Club and we won the far western district and then I joined another quartet, uh, they had a baritone leave, um, and so I joined another quartet called Metropolis and was able to... Did they approach you or did you approach them? I, I auditioned for them. Okay. Um, and uh, I took, actually, I before the, I had auditioned for them, uh, maybe a year or two before that I had auditioned, I had auditioned to be the base of Gotcha. And, um, and the audition for Gotcha was sing two songs, these, these sing these two songs. You know, re be ready to come to our rehearsal knowing these two songs and be ready to sing these two songs. So I did exactly that, and I sang, and I thought I did pretty well. Yeah. And then Jimmy Klein auditioned, and he came to the to the audition, and not only had he learned those two songs, but he had learned the rest of their repertoire, oh, wow. and his and had cleared his calendar for all of their shows. Oh wow! And so obviously Jimmy Klein was far more prepared and honestly a far better bass than I was um, so they they had no choice but to choose Jimmy uh, over me which um, they as as they rightly should have um, but I did take a page out of Jimmy's book and when I auditioned for Metropolis 
I came there wow. knowing their whole repertoire Gosh. and clearing my calendar. And so I, you know, I, I did that on purpose, but also thinking to myself, I had never sung in baritone in a quartet before, and so I wasn't, I wasn't sure I could actually out baritone the other people auditioning. But I thought, well, I can make it Another much, much vote. more difficult yeah, for them to say no. Yeah, interesting, so. uh, interesting mm. uh, story for for listeners who may not be aware. Um, Jim Klein uh, previously, well, so gold medal with Got You in 2004. The previously long time uh, bass of 139th Street Quartet, um, possibly the holds the record for the most appearances on the international stage. I don't know if he does, um, but Pretty close. 139th Street medaled like a bazillion times, yeah, yeah, yeah. as high yeah. as second, yeah. but never won. And I think my understanding is they, they're a piece of trivia, they, they medaled, th they silvered three times, and or, and both and like 13 years apart, 77, 90 and 2003 or something, whatever yeah. that was. So yeah, that's pretty yeah. funny. They were just um, perennial favourites on the stage for many years. Yeah, absolutely. So that was a long minute, but a uh, packed with excellent information. Sorry, sorry. No, all good, mate. All good. That's all we have time for. Thank you. <laughs> <That's all right>. <laughs> <laughs> so so you hear nothing about the, this, this, this quartet while we're here. Um, Luke, over to you, buddy. Your uh, your. Um, musical background before barbershop and how you discovered barbershop? Yeah, sure. So I was always a classical violinist. That was what I was going to do. I was going to go play, be a soloist, play in orchestras for about 15 years. I was, I was going to do that. Then I went Sorry, to... this is Luke Stevenson. He sings lead in the quartet. Oh yeah, yes. sorry. I'm Luke. I sing lead in the quartet. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I was always going to be a classical violinist. Then I got to high school and discovered choir singing and all those kind of fun things. And we sang a barbershop song in the school choir, um, which was really fun. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I like this, whatever this is. I don't know what this is. Yeah. So we figured out it was called barbershop and apparently barbershop is straw boaters and pinstripes. Um, As we all know, yeah. So we started a club at school, a barbershop club, where we wore pinstripes and, and straw boaters. It's always about the clothes, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, always about the clothes. More barbershop geeks, yes. And, and yeah, that's that it pretty much uh, originated what was this, organically. What was the song? Uh, it was uh, My Everline. Okay. Straight out of the, um, uh, it was called the, the Yale songbook something thingy, something 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 okay but yeah and then just started a quartet we came down to hobart in 2009 that was my first convention 10 years ago this year and that's yeah it's been a slow and steady road since then awesome. so a bunch of different court well one quartet with a bunch of different members and then picked up by the collective some point last year and then um yeah started singing lead Good on you. Excellent. That was a very efficient answering of the question. Unlike some people. Not implying anything about other answers. No, it's all excellent information. Um, so fast forward, our time is limited, so fast forwarding gents, please tell me how the collective formed. I got a Facebook message saying, hey, you're coming back to Australia, I was living overseas at the time, you're going to start a quartet, come and audition. That's how so it started clearly, for me. <laughs> clearly, 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 that message will have come from one of the other three members in the quartet. Yeah, it's short, that's, my, that's my, that's, that's my well, genius. Actually, it w um, we heard from Alex that Luke did learning tracks, and, and Dan and I were um, coming up with some repertoire for Sound Connection, and we needed a quick turnaround time on, on a learning track. So we contacted Luke um, and said, Can you do this? And then when we heard it, I, I, I thought, hmm, his lead sounds quite nice. And we're already, Dan and I, were <coughs> thinking about starting another quartet. We knew that Kelly was moving to Australia. He hadn't moved over here yet. Um, but the year before, we'd met up because uh, we've known Kelly for quite some time. Um, many years, actually. Almost 20 years, actually. Yeah. A long time. Um, 
and so we kind of knew we were getting something going and we just needed that fourth person so I said to Dan get back onto Luke and say and by the way yeah. <laughs> thanks for the learning track <coughs> how about singing lead and I turned up I was completely sick as a dog yep. <laughs> yep. and we still and still went with it and we figured out <laughs> yeah. we figured out it was almost it was a year yeah about this, a year ago about this, a year ago today it might be a year this weekend according to my Google Photos memories but yeah. I'm not quite sure whether that's the case or not yeah <laughs> Um, and incidentally for the listeners, um, yes, yeah, so a substantial um, barbershop and, and specifically quartet experience coming into this quartet. Um, the, the Beckett, of course, uh, two-time previous champ with Southern Cross and uh, numerous other medals, including silvers and various things. Um, the Housen, uh, previous champ with 07 champs um, and uh, fast forward and numerous other national medals and, and uh, international appearances, including with Thunderbox, I recall. Yes. Um, Top shelf, right? You guys medaled, right? Yes, we did. Fourth. We had fourth yes. in that year. Remember Sydney? 16. Yes. Oh, Sydney. Yeah. 17. Okay. Yep. Two years. Um, and uh, yes, and, uh, and Kelly Shepard uh, has mentioned Metropolis, one of the world's uh, favourite comedy quartets and uh, numerous, comedy. numerous, <laughs> <laughs> numerous uh, medals. How many international? Like half a dozen? The uh, quartet I have. The quartet, the quartet, I think, has. Five, five medals. I have two. Okay. I have a third, third place and a fourth place, cool. and I have two chorus gold medals nice. with masters. Okay. So. And um, and one one national gold medal with sound connection. Nice. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and Luke, of course, very uh, proud of the four hours I spent earning that one. Nice. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, right. That's well, that's ooh. what you do. You, you, you earn things. Um, and Luke, of course, has represented Australia with uh, Mellow Diners. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, about two, 2016. Okay, 2016. Oh, 2017. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, gents. Um, oh, and, and Luke is the current reigning mixed quartet champ as uh, well. Excellent. Yep. Yes. And just handed over the medals for the UK mixed gold. Excellent. Medals. Excellent. So much. So much. Um, uh, background and skill around the table. So gents, um, uh, tell us about the, um, the lead up to Nationals. Um, you're, you're clearly formed because you wanted to uh, be sort of musically ambitious and, and uh, you know, really make a mark. Um, to what extent did you discuss uh, goals specifically and how did you articulate them? Some people talk about medals, some people talk about scores, some people talk about um, you know, enjoying the journey and entertaining audiences. What, what, what were your metrics? For, for us, I feel like a predominant goal has always been to improve. We really enjoy singing together. We enjoy, we, of course, accolades are nice along the way, but realistically, we just wanted to get better as a quartet and push ourselves to the, to the limits and choose music that's fun and interesting and hasn't been done before as well. Is I think, a really big component of what we want to achieve as a quartet. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was definitely being as unique as we could um, was the goal? Was the main goal? I think. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in terms of selecting repertoire, I mean, we have two two arrangers on our in our quartet, which is great. Um, and Luke came to us with some with a great arrangement of Feed the Birds that we instantly fell in love with, and everybody who's heard it falls in love with it as well. So, the fact that we have the ability to to create unique music in our contests, I think, is really helpful to, and something that we will continue to strive to do. Because we've all, you know, we've all been in quartets that that you know sing whatever the, the flavor of the day, you know, song is that that the, the previous international champs have sung. So, um, so we we don't want to do that. We don't want to walk down that road. Yeah. Uh, even though we've selected some songs to get us started, but you know, we really are striving to find music that fits us that is not 
done a lot. Yeah, and we're still discovering what kind of quartet we are. I mean, so leading into comp, we, we rehearsed how many times? We rehearsed about 12 once, times, about, I think. Yeah, about once the, a month or something yeah, like that. So, roughly, yeah, once every three or four weeks. Um, since February, I think it was. Mm-hmm. February um, yep. this year. Um, so not a huge amount of time to really understand what what um, musical genres we we like as a quartet what you know what works for us we quickly found out that rhythm was quite good so we really like swing um, swing tunes um, yeah in, ter- in terms of the metrics of how we kind of planned ourselves um, really didn't focus on winning we focused on score we focused on trying to make sure that we were heading to nationals singing in the 80s and we got we got very close, 79.9, so we were pretty happy about that. Luke apparently had a 104 degree fever or something <laughs> yeah. like that. 40, yeah. What do you call Ended it? Ended up on the final stage with shivers and a chill, and I wow. thought I was just recovering from the night before, but it turns out it was a massive fever. Wow. <laughs> so, so we, uh, so we, were, you know, we, were, we were pretty pretty happy with what we ended up because that was our plan is to didn't matter where we placed as long as we were scoring in the 80s mm-hmm. is that that was our goal and we got mm-hmm. we got close enough to feel like we've done it so yeah yeah absolutely excellent and so um uh for listeners not aware uh, luke actually lives in melbourne and and uh, without putting too fine a point on it that that will be the case for the foreseeable future or it, it would be <laughs> yes <laughs> okay, okay actually luke's just announced that he's moving to, moving to brisbane <laughs> he doesn't next, realize next it week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and apparently next week i think luke, the date luke, i gave was 2026 uh, actually <laughs> oh was it okay. next week luke will be uh, announcing that the other three have decided decided to move to melbourne yeah exactly um and so, tell us specifically, guys, about the um, the, the, the day of. Um, how did you feel? How was the, the vibe musically? And then, you know, what we what, what, how did you feel sort of walking on stage? In the final set? Sure. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was... Well, a... Let's go to the semi-final, because the, the, yeah, we'll sure. already have got a sense of, of yourselves, you know, on the competition stage. So let's go to the semi-final. It was yeah. pretty relaxed. Yeah, it, was, it, it yeah. felt comfortable. It was, it was nice being at the end of the competition because we just had a whole day of taking it slow, taking it easy, yeah. warming up for a long mm. time, yeah. um, eating, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it was just pretty relaxed and we made a point of it, you know, not, it, there's nothing more you can do on the day, so it's more just checking in and making sure your voice is ready to go mm-hmm. and that's, that's what the day is about. Um, some people are quite active, some people like to be sort of keep to themselves, uh, are you a combination of these in, in the quartet? We're fairly active I think, we, we spent, a, spent a fair bit of time as Andrew said, you know, warming ourselves into our sounds but then took a break from singing per se and did, did a bit of warm-ups while we got changed for example. Yeah. Um, I feel like as a quartet we tend to do things together rather than separate and go off and do individual warm-ups yeah. in a room. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, ni- the nice thing is that I think we've all done it <coughs> enough, we've all competed enough and we all have, we all know what works for for us individually so you know everybody's comfortable letting whoever, letting each letting each of us do what we need to do so we're we're all pretty relaxed about all of it and drinking it's nice nobody's too mental about it all so yeah good and so what do you remember about the stage time the space felt good to sing in Mm -hmm. yeah the first first night first night was weird having the plenary in the yeah in that that kind of tight audience was right there it was a little little disconcerting but i think it was it was fine i mean we managed to do it pull it out pretty well so no, I was pretty yeah, happy with it. We kind of had, we had a bit of, we had a good lead up as we, the guys were saying, just trying to be relaxed and just sort of comfortable. So I think that kind of flowed through from our, our day onto the stage. We were pretty laid back and yeah. just so it just felt like another scene. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah. I think the thing the thing for me was that you know we had aside from Jen being sort of a fifth person in the in the room and re, and kind of helping us get focused on performance um, and just kind of checking in with with us on a fair somewhat regular basis. You know, we've we've had her as our sort of fifth person for a while. But other than that, we've not had any, we had not at that point had any outside coaching. So, you know, I think the fact that we were able to do all of this kind of on our own, you know, did, you know just on our on our own merits, I think was was helpful. But I think that for me, I know that that sort of, after when we went to category school and, and you and I had a session with Steve Scott and you had a session with Steve Scott, yeah. And, you know, just having that little bit of coaching as sort of a reinforcement and sort of a validation of what we're doing and what we're doing right. And here's some things that'll help a little bit. Like, to me, it was nice going into contest, um, kind of being confident in ourselves, but also after the contest going, oh, okay, well, here's where we can improve. Mm. You know, so, so I, I, I think I was... I think for me, the con in the contest, I was missing a little bit of validation heading in, and that was just providing a little bit of worry for me. But you know, we managed to do okay, I guess. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. It's yeah. interesting. It's a quite psychological hobby, isn't it? Yes. Oh, it is. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't like know about it. We've never really talked about it, so I don't yeah, even well, know what you're these welcome. guys are. That's why we. That's oh, why you come here. You <laughs> Whatever he said. I, I concur with what he concurs. <laughs> Um, and um, and so uh, tell me about uh, the medal call off. Like, where were you? Where were you? What was your state of mind? Where were your hopes? Like, what, what was your internal dialogue? Relief. Well, as they were going, yeah. Like, as I was starting to just call out just fifth. whatever happens happens. Yeah. I mean, like what's been mentioned, we we definitely had the discussion of you know what are we in this for, and what we were in it for was achieving a consistent score in the eighties if we could. Yeah. Um, and so. Personally, I wasn't particularly so, so concerned when, about where we'd place. Yeah. It was more about, okay, well, how well have we done within ourselves? You know. So when the 73 was called out and they were about to announce the third place bronze, you went, yeah, it's not so much the bronze I'm, I'm not that keen on as the yeah. 73. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because uh, I feel like for us, even if we had a one with a 76 or a 77, sure, that sure. would have felt less great than coming second with a 79, yeah. you know, or third with a 79. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we wanted to sing as well as we could. We yeah. had, a, had a good indication um, of where we might be sitting. Yeah. But then it was, it was nice to have that, as, as Kelly said, validated then when we finally got there. It's one of the, I mean, competition's such a double-edged sword, you know, hopefully it's exciting and it brings out our best, etc. but, you know, there's a lot of validation and there's a lot of pressure and a lot of expectation and it's very, so very much a double-edged sword. Um, you mentioned uh, the, 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 the bits of what you're working on next, so what were, you know, clearly it was a work in, in progress um, when you heading into competition and so and you already had ideas about you know where you wanted to go over the next year or so so what was it about what what did the judges give what are the key things that the uh, judge feedback that, that you you know the one or two or three things that you've really grabbed onto for the next year or so well I actually I'll tell you one one thing that we really keyed in on was actually from our um, regional competition mm -hmm. um, because um, uh, Rob Sakara kind of uh, pointed out that uh, we had there was a sort of a mismatch in some resonance things that we were doing and gave us some nice pointers on how to kind of focus in on that and that I think really helped us get prepared for um, for internet uh, for, for nationals in Hobart yeah. and so that that to me was a really helpful piece of feedback that we got um, uh, and I would say in terms of what the judges gave us afterwards um, 
the uh, I don't know. I think I think the judges sort of validated what we had been working on at okay. that point, and yeah. so that that to me was sort of like, oh, okay. I think this is we've been doing this correctly yeah, all along. Yeah. Right? I think getting so. the feedback from judges too helped us remember that coaching is important too. Because yeah. um, while you know while we've had a lot of self direction, it was really good to hear then from someone like Steve Scott, who mm-hmm. who then we've all worked with yeah. or arranged to work with yeah. to go oh, okay well this is where the level we're working at so how do we get to the next level you can do this and this and this and try these things change your formants change you know pick a different song whatever yeah. uh, whatever the comments happen to yeah. be yeah. Um, and it was uh, certainly that was the process that was going through my head in the um, the evaluations afterwards going oh okay well we can latch onto that maybe we need to get someone else's opinion to help us through that stage yeah, yeah there was no surprises from the judges which was nice um, which means we we're on the right pathway. Yeah. We just need to continue to work in that direction. Yeah, excellent. So, um, Luke, uh, speaking of coaches, um, we are sitting here in uh, in Hawthorne in Brisbane um, with uh, Sweat Ads Australia, just having run a quartet workshop, uh, and the guys sang beautifully there. Um, but one of the questions asked of, of the faculty was about coaching, and because uh, people who may be looking to start a quartet or maybe not as experienced. Um, there's really you know a thousand things to think of mm-hmm. so broadly speaking how do you guys approach coaching and if you've got some people in mind you know internationally or nationally and how, how do you how will you fit that into your sort of your quartet journey at the moment singing is the focus so mm-hmm. we'll probably look for some more singing coaching yeah um, because that's it'll come down to more individual work at this stage yeah. <clears throat> so we can develop the the quartet sound um, from our from our own voices first rather than manipulating our voices to create a good ensemble yeah. I think we need to work yeah. I think it's important to think about coaching too is it's not something you just have to do for the quartet it might be that you have some particular needs I know of my last quartet before the collective we identified that performance was an area we could all work on but two of us felt really comfortable within that space and two of us didn't uh-huh. so I was one of the two that felt less comfortable so yeah. I went off and sought a barbershop performance coach and yep. did just did one-on-one sessions with him yeah, cool. i'm doing the same thing now as a lead with a collective i feel less comfortable in a lead position i've yep. primarily been a baritone yep. so i'm seeking um some lead advice from someone like uh, eric w for example who i would love to emulate yeah, amazing. um just just to just to pick their brains about you know what makes you so successful in this particular role and how can i emulate or what can i take from that um, that's that's actually absolutely gold. So really being proactive about identifying the key things that you as an individual want to improve on and make a strength. That's fantastic. The Beckett. Yes, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I concur. As here, I concur. <laughs> um, I mean, for us too, it's with the fact that we're obviously a distance quartet. It's the ability to try and schedule some of this stuff in. Yep. So mm. a- apart from the, the the desire to want to get um, more coaching in general um or, or, or should we say some coaching, some more coaching <laughs> any, we're, that any. we've been getting um it's it's that fact that we one we need to schedule rehearsals anyway between the four of us to try and make that work with all of our schedules and flights mm. and yeah. and all of that sort of stuff but then on top of that scheduling and if we're getting an international coach you know time zones and their hour availability yeah. our availability and again if we're trying to work around a show or an event here in queensland like the quartet day or if it's a chorus show trying to get more coaching on top of that just adds into the logistical sort of um i don't want to say nightmare but it is it's certainly a it's it, it's, yeah. it's certainly a, 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 yeah that's, it that's been an obstacle we had, like up to this point we've looked at getting coaching and then it hasn't happened simply because there hasn't been time for it or the time hasn't right. worked out yeah, yeah. 
I think we're probably in a good. If we're in a good if place. If only we now all lived in the same city. If only we did. Yeah. 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 I hear Melbourne's nice this time. Actually, Melbourne's, yeah, that's, Melbourne's that's lovely. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> that, um, and gents, um, and so back to repertoire. Um, I, I guess partly speaking to the tour arrangers in the quartet. What are the sort of the current plans for the next sort of twelve months or so? Have you got some particular ideas? Anything to announce uh, exclusively on the podcast or? Not at this stage. We're in the process of finelining. Uh, we, we work off spreadsheets a lot, um, so we, you know, we, we pick a bunch of songs we all want to do and say, and, and have it listen to them, or go and have a sing of them, and then go, ah, oh, well, do we like it or not? And that's the pro- that's the point we're at now. This is our first time meeting since convention, so we've had a couple of weeks off, I think, as Kelly said. And um, it's yeah, we're gonna we're gonna sing through some things. We'd sing through some stuff today to have a have a look at it, and we're gonna do the same tomorrow, and then ideally pick some new repertoire or yeah, we're, consolidate we're, we're existing. We're searching for some new music just to stay on the on the bandwagon yeah. of new and interesting So if anyone has any charts, ideas, uh, <laughs> shoot them our way. Yeah. Even yeah. on the way over here we were listening to songs, you know, yeah. what about this as yeah. a potential cop song. And, yeah. and Trying to find music because, I mean, yeah. Andrew and I could, could pick up something to arrange, but again, it's about finding that right song that feels yes. right, that feels right for us. And as I presume as an arranger, you've also, not only have you got to like the song, but you've also got, got to get some sort of a reaction as an arranger that I, I think I can do something with this song. Yeah? Or, yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, it, it's your artistic um, creation outlet. Yeah, yeah. creation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. And so how do you work as a quartet choosing songs? Do you, do you have that... Every quartet, I guess, is unique in that regard. Does everyone have to go, you know, either either not object or does everyone have to be dead keen or is that still evolving in itself? I think everyone has to be on board. Yeah. If, if, if there's even one person that is a bit iffy on it, they're not invested in it, so yeah. it's, it's never going to be as great as it could be. It might be fine, but it's not going to be great. Like today we talked about, we were singing through an arrangement of, uh, of a song, I can't remember which one it was, but um, we were saying, oh, well, we like the song, we like the arrangement, but we don't like where it sits with us. So does it sit well within our voices, like what we, how we inflect and such. And so we talked about, well, maybe we can find a different version of this song, because we like the song, we've got nothing against that, mm. and send it. it just doesn't work for this quartet. Mm. So that's uh, something, you know, we can do. Yeah. And how many uh, um, uh, examples have you had so far where you've had, you've, for some reason, whether it's outside someone's range or whether it's because it doesn't work for whatever reason, have you had to say, actually, this, we thought this was going to work, we're just going to have to put it to the side? All of them except for four, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Almost all of them, right. And even yeah. in those, um, we had a lot of switching around. Yeah, right. Yeah. And con- conversely, we had a song that we were, we were originally planning for contest and we started singing it. We were like, ah, well, this one, this one, we really should find something better. And as we prepared it for contest, and as we got into it, we were like, oh, actually, this is this is working pretty well, and we're gonna we're gonna stick with it. So it, it, every song is gonna have its sort of you, you know evolution, and uh, you know, it's I think one of the things that uh, quartets can often do is they can dismiss a song too early, absolutely, and they can also hang on to a song too long, and so you know it's kind of a kind of an an art form to be able to, to some songs will immediately like lock with everybody and go oh yeah this is this is made for us yep. you know this is fantastic we're gonna definitely go with this I, I would say feed the birds is probably one of those that sort of all, everybody immediately was like oh yeah we got to do this song. Mm-hmm. Yep. you know and we've had to adjust make some adjustments about you know where I think we've changed the tag or the introduction. And we rewrote that. Well, we've about changed six introductions. Times. <laughs> we've changed all of our introductions. We, we, made little, we made little tweaks as we continued to perform it. So we pro- probably performed it about three or four times before 
contest. And not all big shows. Sometimes it was even just a, a little um, sequencing. Pri- yeah, pri- pri- a little pri- private event. But yeah. you, you listen to the reaction and 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 you feel um, how the song is going as a performer. And then we've always made just little adjustments just to to get the impact the way we wanted it. Yeah. And so by the time we got to contest, we got the impact we wanted. It's mm. actually yeah. There's there's no substitute for putting things out to an audience because uh, yeah. the mm. audience doesn't lie. It'll it'll yeah. give you yeah the feedback. Um, and so there was a specific question I was listening to you too intently. Um, so uh, tell me about um, shows. It, it, it that's presumably one of the more difficult things to, to do when given you're a relatively new quartet. But uh, what's uh, is we'll that something get, that you <clears throat> we'll just get Luke to sing really loudly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's something we're obviously looking at doing. In fact, anyone who's listening, <laughs> if you have a, cl- a club show coming up, we are prob- we are available. We just got to check in with Luke, check when he's moving back to Brisbane. Um, but no, that's something we want to do as well. We- we're keen to-, to sing. And obviously, any with us living so far apart, any opportunity we can have to sing together and to perform is is got value. So that's why it's, it's great to try and get a sing out every time we're together. Sounding good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. It's the delightful Michelle Neller saying goodbye, who's the organiser of the Queensland Initiative. Um, just actually began last year of, uh, well, this past year, I forget. Um, this year? Yeah, uh, in March, I think, a quartet, uh, a sort of semi-social, semi-formal thing, which I thought was an outstanding idea. Um, and uh, that's right, that was what I was going to ask. Tell me about another thing that was asked in the quartet workshop just now is, is how you run rehearsals and some, you know, there's, there's everything and uh, everything from, you know, highly laissez-faire, just do whatever you want, to some quartets choose to be highly structured. Um, you know, where, where in that are you and assuming may it still be, may, may be evolving? We do. I'd say, I'd say we are very, very keen um, we come to rehearsal with a very solid plan, and we are very, very distractible. So, mm. in a good <laughs> way or a bad way, or both. Flexible. <laughs> is, is it worth talking about? I mean, we we do we do structure rehearsals for sure. We do structure rehearsals, um, and we we, we, do, we do we we still do get through most of the material we want to cover in yep. a day. We we do we do find ourselves being tangential at best. Yeah. So sometimes, yeah. sometimes we'll find ourselves talking about something completely mm. unrelated yeah. to anything. Barbershop. That also helps get <clears throat> relaxed as well, and not, yeah. Um, yeah. not too serious. And to Without point out too, to point out too, we do re- when we rehearse, we rehearse for a full weekend, eight eight a.m. or well, nine a.m. to eight p.m. two days over, over the full yeah. weekend. So I feel like that's partly why we. Need no, I actually, I actually do like that about our quartet, yeah. And, yeah. and the fact that you know it doesn't it doesn't piss anybody off but too ter- much. That, in terms that of useful structure, though, we tend to we tend to start a rehearsal with a, a group warm up. So we, we we like to think that we're all warmed up, ready to go for rehearsal. We make that assumption, then we warm up with a, a particular exercise that we do which I call the ringmaster's warm-up it's a um, you can check out videos on YouTube of them teaching people this but we, we use that as an exercise as a study to get into something then we'll sing maybe a chart we've never sung before uh, so like a, a polecat or something just to get us in the yeah. zone and to get we us learning a, some new rap we do a lot of sight reading of yeah. stuff and it gets the brain going as well and just, mm. yeah, it's just interesting to do so yeah. Okay. yeah and then launch into whatever the first song of the of the list is today generally the song with the uh, <laughs> the lowest range for most of our voices given it's 9am uh, on a Saturday morning <laughs> absolutely and I gather you are you uh, all have the benefit of being either solid or better sight readers. So that's a 
strong thing. It's a lot of quartets wouldn't be in that position, so you that yeah. that means you can sink through a lot of stuff quite quickly and yeah. get a bit of a feel of whether it's worth investing yeah. in. Yeah. My advice for that though is if, you, if you're not feeling confident with sight reading, do more of it anyway. How? Yeah. How? Pick easier polecats. Mm -hmm. There's like we know we know how they go roughly in our minds. We've right. heard people sing them before. To start associating what goes. What yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go up the page. The, they go up in pitch. Yeah. If they go down the page, they go down the pitch. We'll give yourself exactly. a little piano keyboard yeah. on your phone. You can yeah. play along, pitch your notes. If you fall out of it, no worries. Yeah. Yeah. Melody's still going to be singing. Read out the piano and get help, and yeah. then just. But also, yeah. barbershop's quite intuitive yeah. for the most part. I mean, there is some odd stuff that comes up, but really harmonically, it's it's pretty standard progressions that. Um, work in in our ears. They they sound right, um, and harmonies are they they're built into us as human beings. Which is how this genre evolved in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Incidentally, just um, jumping back for a tick to um, shows and, and um, things. Uh, as the champs and as all uh, high level educators you are, I would not. Uh, um, Bork at suggesting anyone listening getting the collective out to do, to their you know to, to the extent they're available um, doing a coaching weekend where you have a show etc. So the, um, the formula that's worked really well over the years is coming in for you know doing a, a coaching session with the chorus for example and then having the chorus put on a show where the collective could be the, the guest artist for example that's very much a mutually beneficial thing to do with a quartet like this that has high education capacity. So happy to plant that seed in any any listeners. Yes. Bookers, look up, look up, look up, look for our Facebook page. By the time this podcast goes live, we may in fact have a Facebook page. Yeah, I've said it. I've said it. Pressure is on. Pressure is on. I've said it now. Oh, actually, one thing that we are going to launch on our Facebook page, if anybody wants to get a head start on this, we're actually going to hold a contest because we've been struggling to find a good logo for our for okay. our quartet. Cool. So we're going to launch a contest on our Facebook page for our listeners and our fans. And uh, we're going to offer a, a, a significant cash prize. At least $5. At least $5 <laughs> least American. Less than a million. Um, <laughs> That's um, like $300 Australian. I know. But you know, we're going to actually offer a significant cash prize to for someone to come up with a logo. If we choose their logo, we'll pay them uh, whatever we decide. We haven't decided. Yeah. We, cool. I, this is early early thinking about this, but okay. uh, we've, right. we've agreed that this is one of our, our pathways. Yeah. It of, may even be fleshed out by the time this goes live. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> So, gents, uh, thank you for your time. The time is uh, beginning to wrap up, so I, um, uh, I will finish with my favourite question, which is, um, uh, and you may remember this, the, the Dan Beckett from our previous discussion, but um, I guess I'll, I'll couple it with, with a question of what, what did you bring to the collective in your quartet experience about what works for you and some lessons learned about I'd like XYZ to go better this time from my experience um, and that sort of goes hand in hand with what what would 2019 you tell the you who discovered Barbershop about you and Barbershop so who wants to go first? Uh, I told myself not to try so hard mm -hmm. That's been a big learning curve so for me. Try with harder this. to relax. Yeah, yeah, try harder to try less. <laughs> it's been a massive learning curve for me singing with these guys, and okay. it's and for me as someone, I feel like it's been a, a mass, massively educational year singing with these particular three people. It's mm -hmm. been an absolute pleasure. Um, but yes, the the idea that you don't have to work as hard as you think you have to work to produce something that actually sounds better, um, and just your voice knows what to do. Let it just do what it needs to and give it support when it needs it and that's 
about all you have to do. Nice one. I have only just remembered that you're actually growing a mo for November. <laughs> I've, just, I've just seen the light shadow under your, under your nose. Excellent. Who's that? that was a very high bar to set to start there. You, who yeah. else would like to answer um, one or both of those questions? I'd, I'd probably say to my younger self, mm -hmm. um, put more time into learning the detail early on. Mm. Don't wait too long to start adding in all of the, the good juicy stuff okay. uh, because it's really fun and it just gets you kicked along. Mm -hmm a lot quicker cool yeah i would say i would say similar things to what luke and anders have said too but i concur i concur obviously that 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 you know like make it don't try is a big thing for me um just sort of relaxing and letting it letting it happen but also probably what I would say to my younger self too is, to, is get a bit more interested in how this, in, in what, in why you like it, what you enjoy about it, and what what is actually working. Because I found I was just coasting along and and enjoying what I was doing, but not really thinking too much about the detail. Um, and so and, not and getting as much out of it as you could have. Well, I've pretend, yeah, yeah. You've, yeah, now, you've yeah. now learning getting to get a, even more a, out, a out of fuller it. Fuller understanding yeah, of nice. what you're doing helps, I think, to get more enjoyment from it. Cool. I think, like, yeah, don't don't just show up and and learn your notes and sing. Learn why seeing this way is good for you why these things are not so good you know the, the, you know the whole package i guess awesome yep um the shepherd. i would say that uh for me um for me i've it's been fun singing again at a high level um with these guys because uh you know for a while after metropolis broke up i hadn't really been singing and i hadn't really been doing barbershop at a high level and so it's really been nice to be challenged again and to you know, and to, to actually do the work that, you know, I enjoy doing when it comes to learning music and, and singing barbershop because I think, you know, it's a it's an art form that requires that sort of self self study if you want to be good at it. And uh, even if, you know, I, I come here with I come here with a lot of hardware from my past, but, you know, I've worked harder to sing with these guys and I've and I've worked with other quartets that I've you know won bigger prizes with so it's been really fun and challenging and uh, and I've got a huge amount of respect for these guys so they've, they've really they've really come along and it's, it's been it's been a great experience for me and this ladies and gentlemen is why we do this for that gold advice and and uh, reflections um, we are out of time gents uh, yeah exactly a pun intended literally um, so once again on behalf of all barbershoppers uh, congratulations on your win and uh, your high level singing to entertain audiences I know that uh, your performance was among my favorite of the entire experience so uh, and it's exciting to have not only singing at that level, but uh, custom arrangements to, to come in, uh, Kelly, as you were saying. It's, and I think, I think Feed the Birds immediately um, jumped into uh, among the favourites of, of, of any song that's been arranged uh, by an Australian. So thank you, mate, and uh, long, long may it continue. So, gents, um, uh, best wishes with your future. I hope you continue enjoying and, and continue entertaining audiences. And again, I hope you get contacted by people to go around and coach them and go on their shows because it's uh, very much worthwhile. All the best. All right, thank you. Thank you, Richard Reeve from Australia. Hey, everybody. This is The Collective. I'm Kelly. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Sorry, Luke. Hi, I'm Kelly. I'm Luke. I'm Dan. <laughs> oh, I can't remember who else I was <laughs> Okay. <laughs>
Hi, I'm Kelly. I'm Andrew. I'm Dan. Oh, he's next in line. Right, I see, I see. Right. Hey! Hi guys, we're The Collective and we're so glad to be here with all of our fans. Welcome to Facebook! Hi, I'm Kelly. I'm Andrew. I'm Dan. <laughs> Who are you? You went to say Luke and I was like, no. Yeah. I'm Lan. I'm Nan. Dan. Kelly. Luke. Andrew. We're, we're The, the collective. collective. 